In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Are you a good father? How do you know that you're a good dad? What exactly do great dads do? Find out on this episode. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From men in the arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, I salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos, your host and guide for today's podcast and the number one podcast on Spotify, helping you become your best version in that stress bubble of life and beyond. Before I get into the meat of this podcast, I want to share one of our 365 hero stories that will be coming in this year. This one took me a little bit off guard. It, uh, it, it is so powerful, it really impacted me. This hero story is from Jesse via an email he sent our organization. He said, my friend introduced me to men in the arena during one of the darkest times in my life when all hope was lost. After a cocaine overdose, I walked away from my wife a day after she gave birth to my daughter. I was lost and dying. I gave up on life and God. Through a divorce and walking out my consequences and my actions, I own my crap. I started spending time with Jesus and in his word. I'm experiencing more and more freedom every day. This podcast has been the glue during this dark time in my life. Man, that's some heavy stuff, Jesse. I'm just praying that God will redeem your marriage. I know that you've been divorced, but I'm praying that God redeems it in any way he can do miracles. So thank you so much for sharing that heartfelt story. And and hit us up at info at We'll send you some swag when you give us your physical address. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you today about 10 things great dads do. And this goes way back to episodes 154 and 156 with Rick Johnson, who wrote a book of the same title. And I've changed some of the things he wrote to make them more appropriate for us today. But I'm going to I'm gonna go in descending order, 10 to 1, the top 10 things that great dads do. Okay, number 10, great dads have fun with their kids. And I think I might have failed in this area a little bit. You know, so I was so serious about our kids excelling and and following Christ. I think sometimes I might have failed in this area. But man, you know, but I remember times going to Hawaii, 
throwing my we would whenever throwing my kids around snorkeling. I remember we would do we would do summer vacations every summer, and we go to public pools or some kind of pool. Man, we everybody would get out of the pool because I would just start launching our kids. We had we named our moves. One was the bazooka. You know, one was the the spin. I'd spin them in the air, or the helicopter. I'd spin them. You know, other ones I'd take them like this and just kind of slam them. We just used to laugh and have so much fun in that pool. But I think the fun is a big deal. So great dads, great dads know how to have fun with their kids. They laugh. They enjoy their kids. They tell jokes and have humor, uh, and they do fun things uh, regularly. And they take their vacations. They take their vacation time. They spend time with their families. Number nine. Great dads make their home a place where their children want to bring their friends. And I think this is really, really important. In this world that is so dark, to have light, it's vital. I remember with us, we ha- we've had ping pong tables, foosball tables, swimming pools, trampolines, basketball hoops, creating an environment where your house is the cool house on the block. You know, having physical things that your kids can invite their friends to. Another thing that we did all the time, and I think this is so important, food. Having food on hand so that when your kids bring their friends, there's a supply of snacks and food that their their buddies can chow down on. Now, again, I raise boys, so food and boys is a big deal. The second th- or the third thing, and this is vital, is the atmosphere that you create an atmosphere at your home that your children want to bring their friends to. An atmosphere that is different. I mean, I remember we had at least two, maybe three different teenage boys live at our house when things at their home got rough. So creating an environment where your kids want to bring their friends. Number eight that great dads do, great dads hang out with other great dads. I know that sounds obvious. And as a married couple, great dads hang out with other great couples. You know, JFK once said, a rising tide causes all ships to lift. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the age-old association principle. Birds of a feather flock together. Like begets like. You will become like those you hang out with. A popular saying nowadays is you are the sum total of your top three friends. So this is what we're talking about. We're saying, dad, if you want to be a great dad, hang out with other great dads. We live in a day and age where dads are raising children who did not have great dads. So if you did not have a great dad and you want to be a great dad, the best way to do that is to hang out with other guys that you recognize and identify as a great dad. Number seven out of 10 things that great dads do is great dads are the primary influencers in the lives of their children. And here's here's the question I have. Whose job is it to pastor your teenager? The youth pastor? Whose job is it to pastor your child? Is it the children's pastor? Whose job is it to educate your children? Is it the teacher? The answer to all of those is you. You are the primary influencer in the lives of your children. I remember one time when one of my sons came home because he had made a little sign and put it, slipped it into his binder and it said, keep Christ in Christmas. And his teacher said, hey, you can't have that. That is, that is not appropriate here. And he came home and told me and I said, oh, yes, you can. Legally, that teacher can do nothing about it. So he went out and he made hundreds of these keep Christ in Christmas post, uh, posters on paper, and they were all over the school. And finally, the 
principal who happened to be a believer stood up and told that teacher, hey, you cannot legally do that. They can do whatever they want. And so there was a Keep Christ in Christmas revival that Christmas because my son realized that he has the right to do that. And he learned that from a dad who knew the law. And so, and a dad who realized how important it was for not only for his son to stand up at public school, but for his son to be willing to influence others in the name of Jesus. Number six, great dads develop their brand. Let me explain what I mean about this. Your family is a brand. Your family stands for something. You know, back in the old days, we would have we would see a coat of arms. That coat of arms stood for something. So what does your family stand for? Uh, in our family, we had memorable sayings. One of the memorable sayings was, a Ramos never leaves their own behind. We would say, we never leave our own behind. So in other words... My boys always had each other's backs. Uh, if one of our kids struggled, we always kept pursuing those children. We always kept the family relationship close. We never leave our own behind. Another thing I used to say to my kids all the time, whenever they would leave for school, whenever they would go off somewhere, I would say, remember who you are. Ramos means something. That name means something. Remember who you are. Another thing is establishing traditions. What traditions are you going to have within your household that you guys can look back on and, and enjoy and laugh about? Number The next thing is establish values. Like what will your family stand for? What, what are the things about your family that's going to make it unique and different? You know, the, we, we, for example, for us, you know, living for Jesus, that was a value. Staying healthy was always a value. Having meals together as a family was always a value. Taking vacations every year and spending holidays together was always a value. Going to church every Sunday, those were things that we valued highly as a family. And the other thing that we did when I was about 30 at 30 years old, I had one son and I was pregnant with, we were pregnant with my second son. I developed a family vision statement in 40 words or less that would describe the four to six core values of our household. And that really drove our family for the next 20 to 25 years. So the number five thing that a great dad does is, and this is going to sound counterintuitive. Let me explain it. A great dad allows his children to suffer. We live in a day and age where every kid gets a trophy, whether they win or lose. We live in a day and age where p parents are called helicopter moms, bulldozer dads. We live in a day and age where a quitter is said to retire. And as a parent, I think that is a massive failure. As a dad, it was important for me to let my kids fail to allow that to happen so that I could walk with them through their failure. It was important for me to allow my children to struggle, to allow my children to work. All of my children from the time they could walk until the time left my house had to pay rent and they paid rent in the form of chores. And we had three different chores. Pet, we would feed the pets, feed and clean up the pets, clean up and put away the dishes, and do the trash. Those three things, and our kids rotated through those things the entire time they lived in our household. My children were all given cars by their grandparents. As soon as they had a car, I said, okay, now you've got to get a job, and you've got to pay for your gas and insurance. Well, my kids said, well, dad, I've, I go to school. I play sports. My kids are multiple sport athletes. I said, I don't care. 
I did those things and I paid for my things. And so I was the dad. Now I, I believe this, my kids going to school, I don't believe that's their job. When parents say your job is to get good grades, I don't buy that. Their job is to get good grades because they represent your family. And that, and that value is why they get good grades. But they get a job to pay for their their toys. I don't understand this mentality of parents handing their kids cars that are better than most adults. Don't understand that mentality at all. I, I think if we don't teach our kids to suffer, if we don't teach our kids to work, if we don't teach our kids to push to the pain, we are creating soft children who are hamstrung by parents who are overprotective. Enough said there. Number four thing that a great dad does is he prioritizes who is the most important. I remember walking into a men's group. I was in California doing at a speaking event, and I walked into a men's group just as a man who was on his third marriage was telling the other guys in the group, well, I just told my third wife that my kids are more important than her, and if she doesn't like it, she can just leave. And this is a Christian man. This is a Bible study we're talking about. Man, when I heard that, I walked in. I said, hold on a second. Where in the Bible does it say that? Well, I don't know. I go, let me tell you something. It doesn't. What it does say is that a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So I put this guy's errant thinking down real fast. So let me tell you the order that a great dad has when it comes to his children. Jesus is the greatest person in his universe. So Jesus is superior to all. He is the greatest person in the universe for a great dad. His wife is the greatest person, the most important person on the planet for this guy. And then under those two things, his children are the most important people in his generation. God, Jesus, God, wife, kids. Wife is greater than kids. Biblically, if you can prove that biblically that I'm wrong, I would love to hear your thoughts and comments. But great dads do not revolve around the children. The children are not the center of the universe. Jesus is the center of the universe, and the marriage is on the outer ring, and the children are the tertiary ring of that universe. We have to get this right. The third thing that great dads do is they protect those they love. You know, I remember one time my wife, we lived at a parsonage for 10 years. I remember one night, two in the morning, the day uh, after Halloween, I get a knock on the door, two in the morning. I look outside and I see a guy, mid-20s, young guy, mid-20s, and he said, I need help. I need a priest. I need a priest. And we were at a church that was a Protestant church, not a Catholic church, but I opened the door and it was really interesting. He, he was knocking, but he kept saying, I need a priest. And he was pointing to his arm. And on his arm, he had, in, he had carved in his arm three initials, TSR, and he was bleeding really bad. I need a priest. I need a priest. So I thought, well, I might as well walk out there. So I walked outside with this guy. My wife slammed the door and locked it and left me alone with this guy who was on drugs and who had carved these three initials in his arm. It was just a really interesting experience. But here's what I learned from that. My job as a great dad is to protect those I love. Now, sometimes you're protecting your family from an intoxicated interloper, but most of the time you are protecting your family from interlopers that come through the technology in your home. What will you allow on your TV? What shows will you allow? What news will you allow? How will you monitor the tech devices? 
your job is to not befriend your children. Your job is to parent your children. And as a parent, as a father, your job is to be the gatekeeper of your household and to protect them from all enemies that may enter and try to disrupt them and hinder them from following Christ. Number two, great dads tell their children about Jesus. I I can tell you right now where I led all three of my children to Jesus. I led the first two to uh, to Jesus at Denny's in Morro Bay, California. I can tell you what they ordered. They ordered smiley face pancakes. I led my youngest son to Jesus in Sun River Lodge, and he ordered uh, pancakes as well. And all three of them, with Shanna by my side, I did it with what I call the four spiritual laws. It's very simple. Four words, four verses, four pictures. I took a napkin and a pen, and I drew these four words, God, sin, Jesus, and trusting, these four pictures, and these four Bible verses. John 3.16, Romans 3.23, John 14.6, and Proverbs 3.5 and 6. And I was able to lead my children to Jesus. When my children turned 13 years old, I was able to baptize my children. I baptized James in on the island of Maui in Hawaii. I baptized Darby in, in Shasta Lake. I baptized Colton in Belize. And what I'm trying to say here, guys, is this. It is your job to lead your children to Jesus. It is your job to teach your family about Jesus. That's what great dads do. They do not defer. The final thing that great dads do, the number one answer is great dads are an example of Jesus Christ in the life of their children. The greatest thing you can do as a dad is Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The greatest thing I can offer my kids is Jesus and me being a model of Jesus to them. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. The top 10 things that great dads do. Hey guys, make sure you head on over to our website at meninarena.org. Grab your free copy of my awesome book for men, Man Laws, 101 Ways to Get Your Man Card Revoked and Rules to Live By. You will love this book. The pictures in this book, you will bust a gut checking this stuff out. Go get this book. You're going to love it, guys. Hey, until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And you know what's next. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.